Welcome to the Beauty and Battle podcast, where we talk about winning in marriage by waging a war. I'm Jason Benham. I've got my girlfriend slash wife, Tori Benham, with me, and we are here to talk to you about how Satan tries to get you to fight face-to-face with your spouse, but God designed you to fight shoulder-to-shoulder against Satan so that you can win in your marriage. Fighting together draws you together. We cannot wait to jump in. So here we go. So today we're talking about how to affair-proof your marriage. It's it's a... Um, it's a heavy topic. Yeah, it is. And so Tori and I just wanted to come together and, and spend a couple podcast episodes, this one and the next one, talking about some practical things that, that we think that we can do to affair-proof our marriage and that might apply to you. We're not experts, um, but we definitely have thought through this. And, and just seeing what's happened over the last however many years with a lot of well-known, yeah. good, godly Christian people who one or both of the spouses have cheated right. on each other. And it's just made us really think deeply. And, uh, you know, our, our little daughter, Lundy, mm-hmm. <laughs> poor little girl, she, uh, she, she's heard about some of these people and she's recognized their names and went and looked up what happened. And next thing you know, she's telling Tort, you don't think dad's going to cheat on you, do you? And I'm well, having... she didn't go look it up. She oh, it was maybe, maybe, maybe her... been her sister <laughs> who then <laughs> told her, freaked yeah. her out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so she she came to us, and it, just hearing her little heart, you know, she's she's only twelve, and um, there's just such an innocence there, and and hearing just how heartbroken she is, yeah. and she's um, as she processes through this, and you know, the very worst fear in her little mind is that that could happen in our home, and that our our family could fall apart because of it, and it's and and just hearing her heart, just it made it really broke our heart. I know. Um, and just to think about the families that are affected and the ripple down effect, it's, it doesn't just affect, yes. it, it does greatly affect the immediate family. I mean, on such a, a, such a deep level, especially the kids. Yeah. Especially the kids. And, but then it, it also has a ripple down effect on the Christian community because, yeah. you know, for Lundy in her mind, it's like, well, how come, you know, he's such a godly man. I thought he loved Jesus. And, you know, in, 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 in her mind, there's so much security in knowing that her dad is following after Jesus, but what if, Yeah. you know, and, um, so it's just opened up some conversation in our home and, um, it's been really good. Yeah. Um, but it's also been very heartbreaking and we're like, this is something that we really need to talk about. Not that we're at all the experts in, in this area at all, but we have walked through with many couples, Mm -hmm. um, their experiences with affairs and just the heartbreak of it. And so we thought it would be good to kind of break it down into two podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to share five, um, principles, for today and five principles on our next podcast of, of things that we think that you can do uh, individually. We'll, we'll talk later on another time uh, as to what we think you can do as a couple, but specifically individually on how to affair-proof your marriage in terms of what you can do personally. Um, and even though it is a heavy topic, we want to make sure that we spend some time at the beginning doing what we are so well known for. <laughs> I say we. Tori is so well known for. She's got to start with a joke, and I think we got That's a pretty right. good one right now. We have okay. This is my favorite so far. So, you know, we reached out to all of you and said, "Come on, bring us your best jokes. <laughs> we need some help here. Make Give us, us laugh. Your stuff. Give us your stuff." And oh my goodness, um, Mary Beth 
I don't know yeah. your last name, but Mary Beth came through for us in a real way this week. She sent me the funniest thing. So she's like, she she was we were going back and forth about a few things. She's like, oh, and my husband has this um, has this great joke, but I'm gonna go ahead and let him tell it because he does it best. And yeah. I literally died laughing because she, she, she <laughs> I got to ask her if I can share the video because yeah. clearly she like walks into the bedroom where her husband is laying on the bed with his shirt off <laughs> and is like, tell the joke. And his name and, is Devin. Yeah. And so Devin tells the joke and I literally laughed out loud so hard. Okay. And so I'm going to try to um, P- play the, put uh, my, yeah. play the Instagram post into <laughs> it's not an Instagram. Yeah. It's, it's a recording oh, okay. of her husband. And then I'm going to ask her if I can post it. Cause you guys have got to see, it's just the, the way that he's laying on the bed. Like, he's like whatever. He's so sweet to like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> to honey, respond. I'll, to I'll tell your yeah. joke. <laughs> he's like, okay, here. All right. Put, put it up to the microphone tour. Let's see if we can hear it. You got it. Okay. Here it goes. <laughs> Here's Devin. Why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Funny. I died laughing. I showed the kids and they were dying laughing too, just because you got to see the, you got to see Devin's face when he does it. He's Um, literally caught off guard laying on his bed and has no idea what his wife's doing, but she's filming him. She's like, honey, tell the joke. Tell the joke. Yeah. He does it. (laughs) That's, that's a good husband right there. That is a good husband. All right. We're proud of you. Thank you guys. And let us know your last name and we'll give you another shout out. <laughs> okay. So let's jump back into this tour because we're talking about affair proofing your marriage and the, um, the points that we want to bring out. So we're going to bring out five points today that we think will help you um, and, and will help us. Again, everything that we're sharing, we want to apply our own in our own lives as well in our own relationship. But we want to look at it from an individual standpoint. Mm-hmm. This isn't like, okay, so how to affair proof your marriage. You need to go on a date night once a week. You need to be a part of a good accountability group. Yeah. All that stuff's true. Yes. But that's relationally. So right. we don't want to talk relationally. I want to come at it from the angle of what can you do in your own mind and in yes. your own heart individually? Because that's where it sure starts. To make sure you don't get taken out. It starts in your mind. It starts in your heart. Yeah. And I, and I want to piggyback off of what you said when you talked about the ripple down effect. Mm. And how um, there are some pastors, you know, over the however many years who have fallen. And then Lundy heard of a few that had fallen. Uh, my little daughter, she, who's 12, and she's thinking, well, my daddy loves Jesus. That guy loves Jesus. And he cheated on his wife. Is my daddy going to cheat on mom? Mm-hmm. And so the ripple down effect is now some girl who's not even related to this pastor right. is now questioning her own dad. Right. That could then cause her to question God. Right. right. So we've had to walk her through this. With some this. real deep fears. I mean, this has really gripped yeah. her little heart. And I feel bad, but but so obviously we've had to walk her through this. And that's why Tori and I thought, you know what, let's just let's just get on the podcast. We'll start talking about some things about this. And I think that one of the things that I'd like to start with is if you're thinking about that ripple down effect, you've got to look into the future at at the decisions that you make and how they affect people. Yeah. Like that's kind of the foundation. Right. Your decisions don't just affect you, they affect uh, everyone around you right. and even more people than that. So whatever that decision that is that you need to make, recognize the long-term effects of that. Right. So let's build on that foundation. There needs to be a healthy fear in all yeah, of us of true. who, like who we could be like, yeah. you know, we, it's, it, it's not something that we're above. Yeah. Well, know? and that's where I go for point number one. So if we're going to talk about five things today, um, point number one, you have to know you're not above an affair. 
Yeah. I've heard people say, well, I'll never do that. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I say is don't say that. Right. You have to know that you're no worse in possibility than the worst adulterer is in actuality. Yeah. Like you've got to know that. Right. Like I'm not above it now, but by the grace of God, I won't do it. And right. I won't do it because I have these, you know, these boundaries in my life. Right. Right. So I'm not going to do it, but I do know that I could. Right. If I release boundaries, no accountability, and I'm not, you know, on point. So you have to know that I think that's where we get trip up with so many sins is that we don't think it's a temptation or we don't think that that's something that we would struggle with. And it blindsides us and we're like, oh, my goodness, I would have never thought I would have struggled with that. You're not prepared and you don't have the boundaries and and the guardrails up because that's not something that you're going to struggle with. Right. Well, And and just look at how many uh, good Jesus loving youth group going tithe paying young adults or, or older teenagers end up getting pregnant. Right. And you're like, wait, but you guys are good kids. It's like, well, they didn't go on the date and stop at the gas station and buy condoms. Right. They weren't like prepared for it. Right. So it was something that just happened. And so you have to know that, that, that your flesh is evil and it can jump all over you at any moment. Right. And you've got to know that you, you, you're not 100% above an affair. No. So admit that first. Right. Which brings me to number two, you got to recognize your triggers. Recognizing your triggers is all about um, y- your your love language. Mm. Like Gary Chapman wrote that famous book, right. the Five Love Languages. I think it's the greatest selling marriage book of all time, and it's. I think still it is. was the first book that really brought self awareness to marriage. Yeah. You know, it's like okay, let's let's dig deep a little bit into who you are, how you think, how you feel loved, how you, how you love. Yeah. Right. It's just, it brought some self-awareness to the relationship and he brought it down. And it was so good. So many people are so blessed by it. Boiled it down to five key love languages. If you want to say, I love you to your spouse without saying the actual words, how do you show it to them? Uh, Five ways, words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, gifts, and acts of service. Right. And all of us have, you know, four or five of them, but we're predominantly one or two of them. Mm-hmm. So if you're a words of affirmation person, you have to recognize that's a trigger for you. So if your spouse gives you words of affirmation, you've got to know that's going to draw you close. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to give your spouse words of affirmation because that's your love languages. You've got to recognize if somebody else, like some other person of the opposite sex is at your work, giving you consistent words of affirmation or somebody at church giving you words of affirmation and you're a words of affirmation per- person You've got to know that's a trigger for you. Yeah. You have to know it. Right. And you have to be self-aware. And what what I like to say is two things on that. First, don't you give words of affirmation to people of the opposite sex. Now, when I say opposite sex, I'm obviously talking about people uh, outside of your own core relationship. But in today's day and age right. with homosexuality, I mean, whatever you're attracted to, just you know, be careful. Mm-hmm. So it's you don't go and give words of affirmation to other people. Because you, one, you don't know their triggers, but two, that's a trigger for you. They could respond with words of affirmation to you, and now all of a sudden, you you don't know why, but you find yourself magnetized to this person, right. and that's going to bring us into the next point. But I want to look at this from this way: if if others do speak your love language, you know, like there's let's say quality time is one of your things, and you know you're spending quality time with people at work, or, you know, who may be on your team. Maybe you're in a team of five. 
and you've got somebody and you're spending all this time working. If somebody is speaking your love language, you have to stay transactional in your thinking. Right. That's so good. (laughs) Neutral thinking. Yes. Mm -hmm. It has to be about the project. It has to be about the event. It has to be something outside of emotion. Right. And what I feel. Right. The minute you move into communicating what you feel with people outside of your marriage, you know, I'm going to say it again, people of the opposite sex, you've got to be careful because you don't know that you may be connecting with that person subconsciously and in their heart and mind, they may be subconsciously connecting with you and you just have to recognize your triggers. Right. Which are their triggers too. Yes. And I think, I know you're going to get into this, but I'm going to jump ahead and just say it, that gratitude is a bonding agent, right? We've Uh talked about that before. We talk about it in our book and you have to recognize that the things that you appreciate bond you to people. And so you just need to be self-aware enough to know if you appreciate quality time, it has to be transactional and neutral. It cannot, if you tie in too much emotion to it, that's where it can get yeah, a little bit. It, it can move from a transaction to a, a, an actual moment right? that you have with somebody, even at your work. You know, uh, I remember Tori and I, this was years ago, we went to have lunch um, together. It was, uh, I forget where it was, um, but we went and had lunch together and we looked over and there was a buddy of mine who owns a business and he was having lunch with another lady who was not his wife. And Tori knew his wife. And I said, honey, because I didn't know his wife. I said, is that his wife? And Tori's like, oh, no, that's not his wife. So anyway, we just moseyed over and said hello. And and he said, hey, this is my assistant. Or no, this is one. This is my work colleague or right, whatever. Right. And we moved on. And I don't have a relationship with him, um, a, a real deep one. But I remember thinking, wow, that's dangerous. <laughs> like, that's right. not what should be happening. Right. You know? Like, there, has to, there needs to be good boundaries and, and guardrails up. And I'm sure in their mind, it's like, this is work. You know, this is no big deal. But, you know, like we said, there's, if there's not that awareness to the dangers around you, then that's when you get tripped up. Yep. And since it's happening so much and now all of our movies are showing affairs and all sorts of stuff and it's okay. Yeah. It's glorifying affairs and yeah, it makes it look exciting and yeah. I know the people who are listening to our pad- podcast are the kind of people who want to stay monogamous in marriage forever and mm-hmm. till death do we part. So that's why we're talking with you guys from this angle. Yep. Did you want to say something? No, you I'll let you like know. You were about to I'll, say, I'll say something if I want to say something. <laughs> oh, good. Well, let's move on to number three. Um, be aware of magnetism. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is if you're drawn to be around someone, it, it, that might be some subconscious pull yeah. toward that person. You've got to be aware of that. Yep. And I remember about 12 years ago, we went out to eat with a really sweet older couple. She's a psychologist and I believe he's actually a psychologist as well. And this was, uh, you know, at the time we had been um, counseling a couple who was in an affair and we're kind of like, we, a lot of times we have these couples that come to us and, um, and sometimes we really don't know what advice to give them. So we were kind of just asking them for some help with it. And one of the things that I'll never forget that they brought up that, that I thought was a really good point is that when, with affairs, there's, there's usually this magnetism that takes place between the two and where they're just naturally drawn to one another. And that couple's, who are not aware that that magnetism is taking place, get themselves into a lot of trouble. But she said before most affairs, you will kind of see this kind of magnetism happening. 
And I remember talking to a particular girl who was having an emotional affair and she, she talked to me about this and she said that, um, that she felt just pulled Mm. and wherever this man was, she found herself showing up, whether it was the gym or whatever it was, church and you know all the, the places that people go yeah she found herself wanting to know if he would be there and if he was going to be there she yeah. wanted to be there that it's that simple and she wasn't it, even aware of that going on inside no, of her it was right. all subconscious it was now, very subconscious after the fact, right she after. was able to go back and look at it and say that i was magnetized to mm-hmm. this person and it, there was zero awareness of what was happening inside of her until it was too late yeah. and, the, and then you know and things had gone too far. Oh. And so um, I've never forgot that. And I've, I've always um, made it a point to make sure that that whoever I'm talking to, and, and even with, with our kids, as they're getting to that dating age and, and they're going to be starting to um, pursue relationships, um, that's a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to be drawn to to you know the opposite sex and that's god god does that for a purpose to bring us together but then there has to be a a a very um very much an awareness that when you're in marriage and that begins to happen yeah in marriage there should be a big big pause yeah like right this once you're married that's over yeah that can't happen anymore you're not supposed to be magnetized to anybody if that's happening in, then you have you have to stop it. Yeah, you've got you, to you, stop. You need accountability. You need help. Um, you need to bring it into yeah. into the light. Had a buddy of mine who had to confess to his wife that he was very drawn to this girl that kept complimenting him, and he didn't let his wife in on it, which we'll talk about the next time. But uh, he was magnetized to her. Next thing you know, he he you know he, there was no like full on affair, but it was an emotional issue, and so he had to talk with his wife about it. So. Bring your wife in, or your spouse, your husband, into it. But you've got to be aware that magnetism is something that's real. Right. And, and if you're feeling it for anybody other than your spouse, it is danger, danger, danger. Yeah. And stop it. Okay, let me move on to number four. Um, number four is be transactional in communicating with the opposite sex. Fully transactional. What we're trying to do is, is to not have moments mm. with people right? You just want to be transactional in the way that you deal with them. So uh, for this, and this is a classic example, um, you know, so it's a guy, he's working at, let's just say Bank of America, and he's on a, he's on a team of 12 people. Let's just say six guys, six girls, a girl walks in um, who's married, she's got kids and it's all good. It's all fine. You know, and she comes in and her hair is cut mm-hmm. or, it, or it's styled some new way. And he notices and he says, Hey, did you get your hair cut? Well, yeah, I did. Oh, well, that looks nice. Okay, well, you have gone, you've gone outside of the transactional zone. Mm. The transaction, transactional zone is what problem are you there to solve? Why are you guys on the same team? Right. Be all about that. The minute you go complimenting her, how do you know that her husband didn't compliment her on that hair? Right. And how do you know that tomorrow she's not going to secretly or subconsciously hope that you compliment her hair? Like you, you have to be transactional. Right. You know, and I know for a lot of people, this sounds so like not a big deal, yeah. right? Who cares? This, what it sounds this is like. not a big deal. Like you can you can do that. Like this is kind of legalistic. I'm telling you guys, it starts with these little things. Yeah, it really does. Like we have heard so many stories, and it starts that small. Mm-hmm. It's just the reality of it. It starts that small. 
and so you sh- you've got to be uh, you've got to be vigilant with this stuff. Right now, I, I I said be transactional in communicating with the opposite sex, but there are times where maybe you're not. Well, that would lead to to number five, which is run your relationships with the opposite sex through your spouse. Mm. So. If you do have a relationship that's more than just a transaction with the opposite sex in terms of an actual relationship, then it has to run through your spouse. It's not like you have this relationship. So so me as a, a man, I'm married to Tori. I can't have a relationship with another woman that's outside of some transaction or business deal. Right. That doesn't involve Tori. Right. You know? Like, like a friendship. Yeah. Like some friendship mm-hmm. that, that Tori's not involved in. Right. That all of your relationships with the opposite sex, have to be run through your spouse. Right. You know, which which also includes the texting. You know, it's like you're, you as a woman, are as a married woman, are not to be texting a married man without both spouses on it. Right. Or at least the spouse of the person you're texting. Yeah. You know, it's like there's just certain rules of engagement. Yes. Now, if it involves a transaction, I get it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because you're doing an event or you're doing some deal at work or whatever. Um but running your your relationships through your opposite sex uh, with the opposite sex through your spouse will really help that door to never open yeah. that could cause you guys to move in a certain direction. Yeah, and I think texting is actually a really big deal because it is. You have your phone all the time. You can in a moment of weakness somebody can say something really dumb through a text, right? Yeah. Like just on the spur of the moment they're oh, I'm just going to shoot this text. And say yeah. something that they regret. And if they do, then your spouse needs to know about it. Like it, yes. that's, I feel like with texting, because it's just so secretive, it's so private. Um, yeah. That it, it's something that has become a real problem. And it really, it really needs to be, there really needs to be boundaries around that. Like Jason and I will not text um, the opposite sex without the yeah. person, without Jason on it, or at least somebody else yeah. on the text. It's never yeah. going to be a conversation between me and another man back and yeah. forth, back and forth without anybody else. It's just not, and you know, it, it's just, um, it, it may sound in some, in some areas, it might sound like I said, like, oh, that's just silly or whatever, but. But it doesn't matter how silly it doesn't it matter. looks. Mm-hmm. Because like, like, look, I've got several assistants and uh, many, several of them are, are ladies. I've got one, uh, Deb Long. If you've ever dealt with me and David, you know, Deb, she's fantastic. You know, I'm, I'm about to get on a plane and I'm like, okay, I, I might shoot Deb a quick tech. Deb, who's picking me up at the airport? You know? Like yes. Yeah, of like, course. That's what I'm talking about. The transaction. That's fine. Yeah. She, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm talking about a conversation back and forth, a text conversation going back and forth. And you want those relationships that Where you have with the like, opposite yeah. sex running through your spouse. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which, and you know, I mean, every now and then you may have somebody who, who will say hi to you, but not your spouse. You know, somebody of the opposite sex, like they have no problem talking to you, but they really don't have much to say to your spouse. Well, then you and I don't have a relationship. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. This doesn't work that way. Right. Like if you don't have anything to say to her, you've got nothing to say to me. Like we're, we're not going to sit there and, and, and engage in conversation and my wife not be involved in it. Now, right. so these are our five things. I want to talk about five more. We're going to do that next podcast, but let me run through these one more time real quick tour. Okay. You're not above an affair. Know that. That's point number one. Point number two, recognize your triggers. Yes. Be careful with those. Uh, point number three, be aware of magnetism. Mm-hmm. Point number four, be transactional in communicating with the opposite sex. Yep. You know, and point number five is run relationships with the opposite sex through your spouse. These are just some things that Tori and I were talking about. And we thought, oh, you know what, that 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 is helpful. 
These are things that you want to do individually. Again, this isn't about you and your spouse and things you're supposed to do relationally. That's the topic of another podcast, but this one is what can you do individually? Yep. Now I've got five more that we're going to do on next podcast. I want to make sure that you don't miss that. Yes. In the meantime, let's do, let's I close do, this out. Or I don't. No, it's would you rather. Okay. I like it. Are you ready? Okay. Would you rather have a pig nose or a monkey face? Ooh, jeez. I'd probably do a pig nose because I can get a nose job. Or are you saying I have no, to live No, I mean, with you it? have to live with it. Pig nose or a monkey face? I'm going monkey face. Why? They're cuter looking than a pig nose. Yeah, that is true. That pig nose is a pretty nasty snout. <laughs> <laughs> All right, monkey wow. monkey face it is. This is, man, we talked about a fair proofing your marriage and we opened with a joke and closed with I a know. joke. I know. How about that? It's a little weird. Yeah, it was fun It's though. okay. All right, we'll be I back the conversation with part two, so don't miss it. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye.